It's a great day, isn't it? It is a great day to be serving and honoring and just worshiping the Lord. We're in a place that um, kind of divides man to uh, take a look at himself. Uh, last week we took a very harsh look at what Paul says we are like as mankind. And I want to read it to you right now. Please open your Bibles with me. Uh, let's look at Romans, the third chapter. Let's look at verses. Let's read again. We, we looked at last week verses uh, 9, 10, 11, and 12. We're going to look at verses 13 to 9, 18 tonight. But let's read it all in context. In verse 9, Paul says, What then? Are we better than Not at all. We have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are all under sin. Verse 10, As it is written, There is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. He goes on to write in verse 13, Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. And the path of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Well, I'd have to tell this along with you. That's a pretty bleak picture of mankind. I mean, what, what have we? Well, that's exactly what Paul wants us to ask. You mean, Paul, all of, all of my past, all of the things I did that were, were in, in my opinion, pretty good. I went to church. I, I did a lot of really kind of good things, Paul. You mean those things are of no value? And Paul is going to say it's of no value. None of us are righteous, not even one. Well, he's going to get to the point of, of uh, and we will do that next week, and, and forgive me for not combining it this week, but I thought this ought to be a good time to take a good hard look at ourselves and have communion after service. Um, Dave at the men's breakfast came up to me and said, boy, it's been a long time since we've had communion. I said, yeah, I, I, I get going and I don't think about things. And, and so when you, when you feel like we ought to do something, please let me know. Please let us know. We'll try to, this is your and our church together. And so we'll have communion tonight because Dave was kind enough to remind me that we've, uh, we've kind of went a while without it. But here's what, here's what Paul says to us next week. He says in verse 19 and 20, but we now know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. Every mouth may be closed and all the world become accountable to God. That's, that's Paul's point. Because, he says, verse 20, key, the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Verse 21, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. It, it, it has been seen being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, here's Paul's point, through faith in Jesus Christ, for all those who believe, there is no distinction. In other words, everyone is welcome. This is a, this is a place where Paul is going to 
allow us by his kindness to feel as naked as we could possibly feel. What do we have to offer? And Paul's going to say nothing apart from your faith in Christ. So let's pray first and let's, let's get into this wonderful place of Scripture. Father, you've brought us to a place that uh, allows us to see what has happened because of sin way back in the garden. When Adam and Eve, Father, decided to disobey you, when you told them not to eat from the tree which is in the middle of the garden, if the day, the day they eat of it they shall surely die. Paul has allowed us to see what was the ramifications of that disobedience. And then he's going to allow us to see the glory of what we have because of our Savior. It's an amazing place, this place in Scripture. I pray that none of us miss it and, and that, Father, it will be taught well. And so what I would ask for you to do is to please move me aside. I, I, I just beg of you that, Father. Do not allow myself to get in the way of what you want to say to every single one of us. Would you open up our eyes, dear Lord? Would you open our, our eyes so that we might behold wonderful things that are written within your law. Speak to us, Father, as only you can. To each one of our needs here in this room, speak to us, Father, and may we hear you. I pray these things in the most precious name that we know of, the one that we just sang about, Father, the Lord of all, our Lord and our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul puts fallen man into three categories here in this place in Scripture. From verse 10 to verse 18, he, he categorizes mankind in a lack of character. That was what we saw in verses 10, 11, and 12. None of us are righteous, not one. None of us understands, not one. None of us seek for God, not one. We've all turned aside together. He says we've become a little value. Goodness gracious, Paul, we've become useless. Yeah, you become useless, he says, because there's not one of you who does good, not even one. And Paul is speaking to all men everywhere, all who are apart from Jesus Christ. None of us, he says, are righteous, not even one. You see, what he is saying is none of us have the righteousness of Christ within us. Not one of us who live apart from Jesus Christ understand what real righteousness is all about. There can't be unholiness in God's presence. Can't be. So there are not levels of righteousness. As far as God is concerned, a person is either perfect righteousness, which is found in His Son, Jesus Christ, not by what we do. Or we have perfect sinfulness, living apart from Jesus Christ. There's no, no middle ground. Dr. McGee has it right. You're either a saint or you ain't. There's no middle ground. And so he talked about, last week we did, about character of mankind. That's the character of who we are. Now Paul's going to classify us into two different separate groups concerning our words as well as our actions. Words and actions. Verse 13, look. The spoken word. Their throat is an with their tongues, they keep deceiving. The 
poison of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. That's talking about those who speak. The third group concerns people's actions. Verses 15, 16, 17, and 18. Look, their feet shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their path. The path of peace does not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And so we see that mankind is in a terrible state. That is, without the hand of God upon our lives. In Genesis chapter 2, in the 17th verse, as I've already mentioned, I guess I mentioned it in our prayer. I, I remember saying this a little while ago. It says, he told, he told Adam, he said, look, from the, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. And die they did, spiritually. Which brings Paul to, to the only escape hatch that we can possibly have and that's God's provision for us, mankind. His provision for our salvation. And that is His Son. He, he allowed His Son to go to the cross and die for you and me. It's, it's an amazing thing. And so when He says in verse 22 that the righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to all who believe, there's no distinction, Paul says. Everyone is welcome. Everyone. Let's take a look at verses 13 and 14 concerning the sins of the spoken word. In verse 13 it says, Their throat is an open grave. Their tongue, with their tongue they keep deceiving. There's like poison of asps under their lips. Verse 14, Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. A person's character will eventually come forth through their words. Eventually. You'll find out who they are. Jesus declared in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. Well, it's really a, a good idea to daily take a look at your Bible, read it, and kind of contemplate the Word of God. Kind of let it, let it kind of soak in there. The writer of Proverbs, the 15th chapter, the second verse says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but it says the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Verse 13 tells us in, in Romans chapter 3 that, that our mouths are like an open grave. Paul suggests strongly that a spiritual dead heart can generate only spiritual dead words, only fit for what he calls an open grave. The rest of verse 13, he says, And with their tongues keep deceiving, the poison of asps is under their lips. The word deceiving is, is, a, is an amazing word here. It, it, in the Greek, it's D-O-L-I-O-O. -O -O, the last O with that little mark over the, the letter. It has the basic meaning of baiting a hook so as to disguise its danger. Like, we, like someone would when they fish. They, 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 they cover the hook so that the fish won't see any of the hook take it and, and swallow it, and then they are caught. It's to uh, strike, Paul says, like a, like a snake, like a deadly asp. The imperfect Greek tense of this word indicates there is a continual and repetitive action in their makeup. In other words, deceit, harm, is 
It's a habitual and normal part of that person's daily life. Verse 14 says, Their mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Now, cursing is A-R-A. It carries the idea of desiring the worst for the person you're speaking about. And also making that, that desire public through gossip, through slander, through hurting this person. Open criticism, defamation of the person's character. Verse 14, the, the next word, bitterness, is P-I-K-R-I-A. It describes an openly expressed hostility against another person. So in verses 13 and 14, we see someone desiring the worst for another, making that desire public. It's a habitual part of their life. They can't stop. And they openly express this hostility against another person in public to defame their character. Paul must have been writing about pastors. <laughs> no. no it's, 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 it's a terrible thing to to sense or to feel someone who has a, a bitterness towards you that, that, that won't stop. It just goes on and on and on and on. I could get really personal right now. I, I'll just tell you this much. I got a call this week, and it, it's very interesting. Just, just studying this. I got a call from someone, and it's any, too much information will be just too much information. But someone wanted to... Someone wanted to come back and say to me they were sorry. Yeah, I said, of course. Who wouldn't want that? It's interesting. Anyways, it's interesting how when you study the Word of God, how, how there are warnings of how we are to live our lives. Watch what we say about others. Yeah, be one that encourages Now, Paul shifts his gear. He wants to talk to, about those who not only say things that are incorrect about other people or, or, or hurtful or harmful, but he says now those who, who their actions display a bitterness towards people. Verses 15, 16, 17, and 18, look. It says their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are are in their paths. The path of peace they have not known. Verse 18, there's no fear of God in their eyes. I, I, that is a, a good place to close this whole issue tonight. The no fear of God in their eyes. You can see, just as I can, from verses 13 to 18, Paul mentions the whole body almost. He talks about the throat, the tongue, the lips, the mouth, the, the feet, the eyes. Everything is in, 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 in his mention here. Verse 15, their feet are swift to shed blood. A hostile person, he is saying, is in a hurry to do violence. He, he wants to do it quickly, swiftly. He wants to shed blood. The old idea is that they enjoy inflicting violence against an enemy, and they do it quickly. In Genesis chapter 6, the 13th tells us that when God destroyed the earth with flood, one of the reasons that he, he cast his judgment upon mankind, the Lord said it was because
because the world was, quote, filled with violence. The, the world had become filled with violence. How bad does it have to be back then compared to what we are experiencing today? To follow man is that he is quick. He is swift to engage in violence and to shed blood or to hurt another person. We just saw that he, he wanted to hurt them with his words, but now it's with his actions. It says in verse 16 that destruction and misery are in, in his path. The word for destruction is a, kind of a word. It's S-U-N-T-R-I-M-M-A. It's a compound word that denotes breaking something into pieces, completely shattering something. In other words, causing total disaster. Misery, on the other hand, is a result of harm and destruction. Misery is that which brings forth that in, after, after the destruction comes the, the misery, the, the inevitable feeling of, of pain and disaster because someone has openly hurt you, hurt another. In verse 17 it says, The path of peace they have not known. Paul's not speaking of an inner peace. No, no. He's not talking about that lack of inner peace. I, I mean, there are plenty of people who have done terrible things who have no conscience of doing bad at all. They don't feel badly about hurting a person at all. He's not talking about inner peace. Although that is certainly a characteristic. But he says now those who, who their actions display a bitterness towards people. Verses 15, 16, 17, and 18. Look. It says their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths. The path of peace they have not known. Verse 18, there's no fear of God in their eyes. I, I, that is a, a good place to close this whole issue tonight. The no fear of God in their eyes. You can see, just as I can, from verses 13 to 18, Paul mentions the whole body almost. He talks about the throat, the tongue, the lips, the mouth, the, the feet, the eyes. Everything is in, 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 in his mention here. Verse 15, their feet are swift to shed, shed blood. A hostile person, he is saying, is in a hurry to do violence. He, he wants to do it quickly, swiftly. He wants to shed blood. The old idea is that they enjoy inflicting violence against an enemy. And they do it quickly. In Genesis chapter 6, the 13th tells us that when God destroyed the earth with flood, one of the reasons that he, he cast his judgment upon mankind, the Lord said it was because the world was, quote, Filled with violence. The, the world had become filled with violence. How bad does it have to be back then compared to what we are experiencing today? To follow man is that he is quick. He is swift to engage in violence and to shed blood or to hurt another person. We just saw that he, he wanted to hurt them with his words, but now it's with his actions. It says in verse 16 that destruction and misery are in, in his path. 
the word for destruction is a, kind of a word. It's S-U-N-T-R-I-M-M-A. It's a compound word that denotes breaking something into pieces, completely shattering something. In other words, causing total disaster. Misery, on the other hand, is a result of harm and destruction. Misery is that which brings forth that in after after the destruction comes the the misery, the the inevitable feeling of of pain and disaster because someone has openly hurt you, hurt another. In verse 17, it says, The path of peace they have not known. Paul's not speaking of an inner peace. No, no. He's not talking about that lack of inner peace. I, I mean, there are plenty of people who have done terrible things who have no conscience of doing bad at all. They don't feel badly about hurting a person at all. He's not talking about inner peace. Although that is certainly a characteristic of an ungodly person. But Paul is speaking of man's essential inclination away from peace on earth. You know, the theme of Christmas. It's the constant battle of nation against nation, person against person, brother against brother, sister against sister. Why is there no peace? What's the problem? It's simple. It's because, verse 18, we have no fear of God before our eyes, or their eyes in this case. Let me ask you a question. Can you even imagine? Can you even imagine what kind of a person is there that has no fear of God? The idea, the word before their eyes, is really through their perspective, through their understanding. Each some kind of a perspective of life. Each one of us have something that we are aiming for, something that we desire, something that we long for, some kind of perspective of life. How do you look at things? How, what is it you want out of life? What, what's your perspective for this, this world in which you now live? What, what do you want out of it? Sit down, think it through. Now, I'm, I'm in ministry. I've been in it for a long time. Um, that is in and of itself amazing. And so my idea of perspective is, how do I want to finish up this life? We talked to the men Wednesday morning. By the way, men, you're um, uh, on Wednesday mornings at 6 o'clock at, at Kino's. Uh, Kino's is a little restaurant on um, La Palma and Imperial, right? And we, we, we really do have a great time. Oops, is everything okay? Oh, it sounded like somebody fell. Whew, that's good. Anyways, we, we talked about, uh, about um, this, this perspective of life. Um, how do we look, wish to look at things? How, what do we want to do with, with our lives? And um, it, it is, uh, in my opinion, it, 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 it really boils down to what do you want to do with the Lord God Almighty? Because ultimately, that's, that's whom you and I will have to deal with. All of the things that we collect, 
all of the things that we do here on this earth, apart from the things we do for the Lord, are of very little value, I believe. And Paul said when we talked on Wednesday morning at breakfast was, I fought the good fight. I have, I have kept the faith. What else was it? You guys were there. Some of you have caught, I fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. And I finished. I finished the course. That's it. Fought, kept, and finished. It's, it's, it's what is your perspective on living? Listen to what Paul said. Listen to his perspective. Philippians 1.21 said, For me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Everything in his life was centered on the thought of, of, of standing before God. Whether here on this earth, whatever the things he did, he lived for Christ, and when he dies, it's only going to be gain. Listen to what Paul says. It, if you want to, you may look. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Hold your place, Romans. Philippians, of course, is to the right. Just a few pages. You go past uh, uh, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians. In the fourth chapter, Paul writes these words. He says in verse 6 of chapter 4, Be for nothing, but with everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. He says in verse 7 that the peace of God, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, ah, you want to you really look closely when you... When you It's a really important perspective. Yesterday I uh, had a very interesting day. Uh, didn't tell many people, uh, but Kay had surgery. She had to go into the hospital for surgery. It wasn't anything serious. She's fine. But it's always that moment where you you kiss someone goodbye and and you say, uh, I'll see you in a little bit, and they're going to put them under, you know, and they're going to operate. And that's, I don't care who, at least for me, I don't care who you are. It, it just is a, it's a sense of something to it, you know. So I got to spend the, the whole day just praying and thinking and, and, uh, and, and contemplating um, what's really life all about. What, what is my perspective? Of course I was thinking about this message. I mean, it's what I did all week, studied it. What was the importance of, of uh, yesterday? I'll tell you what it was. Boiled it all down. I have a love of a woman that is incredible. I really have a love for a, a woman. I love my wife a lot. And I, I think about what she has given me. I have the best son and daughter in the face of this good earth. They both know and love the Lord. They married the best people imaginable. My son-in-law and my daughter-in-law both know the Lord. They are amazing people. 
if we could have chosen them, we couldn't have done a better job. God did it. And our grandkids, all of them know the Lord. And so I contemplated yesterday that I am the most fortunate man that walks the face of this earth. I'm, I'm more fortunate than you. <laughs> At least just from my perspective. Just, just from what God has given me. You add to that, you, you add to that mix of my family, you people, and I am the most blessed man on the face of this earth. That's my perspective. That's what God has done. What has he done for you? Ushers, would you please come and let's have some communion? This will be a great time. We're really, um, we're really early, which is great. Gives us time to just relax. Anthony, you weren't going to do any music or anything during this. Thing. I asked just for yeah, background. So um, I don't know. How, this is the first time we've done communion here. I, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know. <laughs> There's a bunch of guys got up and walked out that back door. I have no idea where they went. I think this would be a nice time while they're kind of collecting everything and... and uh, going to pass the, 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 the elements out that you and I just kind of think. Maybe play some background music. Um, maybe we can just dim the lights. And maybe you can take a good look at yourself. What perspective do you have? Like Paul said in, I think it was in um, Philippians 4, that he has fought a good fight. He has uh, finished the course and kept the faith. You've done that. Are you pleased with your walk with Jesus Christ? Are you pleased with how you have treated your, your family and your friends and your loved ones? Are you pleased with the way you represent yourself in this world in which we live, this, uh, this helter-skeltered world, there are so many people who are moving away from faith, not even thinking about having any fear of God. Maybe by the grace of God, we can, we can show them a glimpse Father. So I'll just be quiet now and let you kind of think through how is your life? What kind of order is it in?
chapter. In the 23rd verse, uh, Paul writes, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ in the night in which he was betrayed, how we live with the time that you have given us. What's our perspective? What, what do we wish to accomplish? Lord, help us to, uh, to put together uh, an idea that honors you with all that we are, all that we have, just the time that we have left, whatever that is. So, Lord, we thank you for the privilege of having communion, of, of drinking the, the, the wine and, and eating of the bread in remembrance of you and what you have done for us. You went to the cross, died for our sin. You have set us free, Father, given us everlasting life, dear Father. May we give back in return our respect, our love. Let us not be like those who have no fear of you. And now, Father, we thank you for this evening. In Jesus' most precious name, we thank you. Amen.